Bob Stoops ruined my childhood. It's the Inside OU Podcast on the Franchise Podcast Network. If you listen to this OU Compliance, I don't endorse that last message. With Brady Trantham and Keegan Renault. Mike Stoops should be put on trial for war crimes. So, we've been sitting here for about 20 minutes trying to figure out technology because technology doesn't want to work. Guess what? Nothing wants to f***ing work. It's 2020. Yeah, nothing wants to f***ing work. Everything's going to get canceled. You're canceled, the listener. This podcast is its going to be canceled, but we're still going to soldier on. It's not canceled. Don't worry. It's the Inside OU Podcast. Brady Trantham, Keegan Renault, uh, for the first time since the second episode that we recorded, or the first episode. First one. Uh we're recording in person. So uh, Keegan has returned, made his triumphant return to New Mexico, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Can I, I go back? Yeah, ever since Keegan, ever since you got back from New Mexico, the college football world has gone to shite. It's gone to shite. Whether we're talking about just OU, whether we're talking about the Big 12, the Power 5, I- NCAA, whenever you think of college football, it's gone to shite, and it's coincided with you uh, getting back into the state of Oklahoma. And uh, I and I, t- I know I tweeted this out, but it's the last three weeks ever since really the conversation about you know conference scheduling models, games getting canceled, but nothing came more to a head than yesterday morning. I mean, just depressing the last two days. And I'm just gonna throw that out. it's it is completely messed with me. Yeah, and, and look, th- there's a lot. Like, we're going to have to unpack a lot of stuff, kind of go back in time a little bit. We're recording this Sunday at around 10 o'clock at night. Um, there was a news dump roughly around 10, 24 hours ago, if you were on Twitter, uh, from OU's football program. There's been some speculation, some reports from people that, uh, I don't know about you, Keegan, I, I'm sure you do, but I trust whenever I see them say something and it says source, I tend to go, okay, I believe that. There's been a lot of reports today. We'll get to that, of course. But we're just going to sit here and tell you we're as pissed off as you are. We're as, we're as angry as you are. Um, we're not the – I know we're in the media, but we're not the liberal media that wants your sports to be canceled so that we can say we told you so. I was kind of unplugged yesterday on Twitter, and I didn't really participate in the circle jerk that was some media going back and forth or – you know, dogging on each other about shit, but look, I, I don't care about that. What matters is, okay, what's the decision that's going to be made? We're starting to see some reports, Keegan, as to what direction we're probably going to be going in the next few days for the rest of the season in the fall. Uh, but again, I just want to let you all know, the listeners, we're as angry as you are. Keegan's more media when it comes to OU football than I am, like way, way more so. I'm just a little fanboy. So um, before I get into my rant mode, uh, Keegan, just go ahead and do you want to start off with OU's news dump or do you want to start off with the reports today? I think they go hand in hand, right? Because last night, you know, a lot of people were saying that Oklahoma and the fact that they are sending, allowing players to go home and then five days later want them back, that goes completely against what they did the first time around. They had players, they were home. They had to quarantine for 10 to 14 days after they were home or before they could come back to campus. And now they can come back in four days. Does that make much sense? No, it just seems like it, it seems like 
It seems like R&R, like during wartime, like go home and then just come back. As in, it's inevitable. Right. And w- w- what do I mean that it's inevitable? It's inevitable that, well, if you want to come to campus and go to school, then that is your decision. You can do that. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to, that's also your decision. I would as- imagine that OU is going to be still honoring scholarships, mm-hmm. especially during a pandemic. That's well, the NCAA the- is requiring them to all their schools to do that. Good. The NCAA did something right. But I would imagine, I mean, maybe Tom Herman wouldn't. <laughs> maybe Urban Meyer wouldn't if he was still around. Right. Um, but, yeah, I would imagine m- most schools would just do it without the NCAA having to tell them to do it. But, yeah, that's what it seems like to me. It's just like go see your families, mold over if you actually want to come back or not. If you do, you know, the school will still be here. Will the sport be here for the fall? We don't know, but – Go be with your family for the time being. Go make some decisions. Because yeah. Because guess what? The Soons aren't. They've had five f-ing months to make to make decisions. Yeah, I think that's that's the strongest part about this. And I think there's two sides to this. And this is something I've really been thinking about tonight and, and like yesterday with the whole media against sports deal. Um, is there's two sides to this. There's the side of understanding what's actually kind of happening in the conversation that's really taking place right now. And then there's a conversation of the system that college football is working in, right? So the first on the first side of things, the conversation that's taking place right now is liability. These schools right now, if a university employee, if they can contact Traceback, and I know there's not 100% foolproof that you can prove that a university employee pass it on to a potential player. I understand that. But a lawyer is good enough to get that job done. If that happens in, say, a just an extreme case here, and a guy, not, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to use Oklahoma, say Kayvon Thibodeau. He's already proven that he's going to be a top-five draft pick whenever his draft comes. Yep. He's going to be a big-time player in the NFL. He's going to make loads of money. He comes down with this thing, and it comes from a university employee, and they can contact trace that and, 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 and prove, not without benefit of doubt, but more than 50%. These, that school is going to be liable – for Kayvon Thibodeau not being able to play in the NFL if he has any long-term effects and can't play football. Keegan, Th- do you ever, did you ever watch Friday Night Lights, the, the TV series? No. Fucking Jason Street broke his neck and went and became paralyzed. He was a quarterback. <laughs> threw an interception, tried to make the tackle, broke his neck, got paralyzed. And then a few months later, his parents sued Coach Taylor because he didn't teach his quarterback how to properly tackle. And they had to settle out of court. Mm. So look, that's fiction, but that's based in reality. So yes, if if somebody, if a player, especially a player of note that can go to the NFL, can prove in court that they got a vi- uh, this virus from somebody from the university that they were attending, they're liable. They're and li- money will have to be paid. And, and if I and if I was in a position of a Kayvon Thibodeau like at Oregon. My conversation starts at about a hundred million dollars, and I'm working my way down. Yeah. And why is leadership failing us at about every every step, every level? You know, whatever whatever you want to talk and, about. And that comes to the other side mm-hmm. of that conversation, right? And then you go to the that's the conversation that's at hand right now. That's what these universities are mulling through. That's the decisions they're having to make. Now, where the real problem is here is that people go, the NFL's working, MLB's working, golf is working, hockey's working, MLS is working. Well, guess what? All those 
people are employees. They they signed off on this. The yep. liability is no longer on the these entity leaks. or the organization. Exactly. Yep. So that's the problem. The problem is, is after I hate the fact that he got my NCAA football games taken away, but Ed O'Bannon proved that these they are making loads. They were making loads of money off his image and likeness, and that they were basically employees making money for the university. Yep. If we would have changed that narrative back then, we could have had college football during a pandemic because these players would have been employees. Well, and s- some of them. Some some of them. Some schools is what I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll and, get to that in a second. And that's that's that is the when it comes down to why we're not playing football. There's you know really two reasons: one, a virus; two, that the college football because th- these schools are liable. And it's because they're not employees of the university. It's because they're they can't sign off on waivers. That's why we're not having football. And I, I guess that my frustration comes from the tiresome conversation of well, let the kids make the decisions. Let the kids want to play this and that. It what these kids want to do doesn't matter because the schools are liable. Yeah. And that's I I know that's not something that a lot of people want to hear, but that's what's that's the truth. That's the conversation that's being placed, that's being had right now. Yeah. And it's just it's it's a mess and it, it's frustrating to continue to watch reports uh you know, one report today about an emergency meeting and then that gets refuted by another prominent media member hours later. And there's, you know, what is what is going on? What what athletic admin, w- w- this is the other part of this and this is where I could really get unhinged and drop some F bombs. Stop talking to the media right now. If there is, I know there's not, but if there is any chance, any prominent me- leadership, commissioner, athletic director role in, in any athletic department, stop talking to the media. It's making it worse. Well, again, like why is leadership failing us at every single level? And we don't need to get specific here, whether it's you know the highest office in the land or the manager at the restaurant that you work at. Why is leadership failing us during this time of crisis? It's because everybody is afraid of liability and therefore fearful to make a decision because if they go one way or the other and somebody gets hurt or sick or whatever, then they're liable. People are f***ing afraid of that. You ready for this? It's something I talked to. We talked about this last night, but I'm comfortable in saying Caleb Kelly and his family are not happy that he got hurt. I wouldn't be either. They're not happy with OU or the NCAA. I think just the entire situation. Well, because there was no reason. If they're not playing football in the fall, there was no reason for them to be practicing. Yeah, I guess this is a good opportunity to just go into the... Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, look, there are more important things, of course, than college football being able to be played in 2020. Like, mm-hmm. we, we, like goes without saying, we understand that. This is, this is going to be one of the more memorable times of our lifetime. This is going to be, you know, I, I thought it was going to be probably 9-11 that was going to be like the flashpoint of my lifetime, but it's this unfortunately is taking the cake. Mm-hmm. Um, there are more important things out there, but in regards to like college football and can sports continue, we're seeing examples of sports being able to continue. You kind of pointed out one reason as to why some sports are able to go. Like I'm not trying to sit here and say that every sport has the same level of expectation and the same uh, tools in which to work. Every, every sport, every league is different, but 
it's not out of the realm of possibility that college football could have thought of something. Because here's the here's the fact of the matter: they've had five fucking months to fucking get somewhere, and they're now starting to see the writing on the wall. And oh. in the meantime, they allowed schools just to bring their kids back and start practicing without any substantial set in stone fucking plan of what to do, or even just a kind of a scattered plan of here's plan A. If some if this thing happens though, we go to plan B. If this other thing happens, we go to plan C and so on. But they didn't fucking do that. All they did for five months was just assume it'll be better by the fall. And what who do we blame for that? We blame a lot of people. And some of that is leadership. Leadership in the country, in the world, in your neighborhood, and with the NCAA and with the Power Five commissioners. All of them, seriously. I'm I, like, this is so annoying. They had five months to think of something, and they're still trying to pussyfoot around and beat around the bush. They should have moved the fucking sport to the spring back in March. There is no reason why I thought that, and someone else that was smarter than me or had more influence than me didn't think it at the same time. There's no reason that I was the only one, or you, or a handful of other people that said that. Back in March, when Lincoln Riley brought it up in a coaches meeting. Yeah, with the Big Twelve coaches, and those coaches, they said that they were. And I, I, I wish I could credit the reporter who wrote that story, but that it's it's been in the talks. We just denied and denied and denied and pushed and pushed and pushed through with everything, and it, like Some like is, you said, like it's it's been five months. They they had plans. This is disgraceful. They, could, they had plans to be able to make, and uh, you know, I, and I want to say this too. Like I I get that student athletes that are my age are more at risk at their own homes than they are at the universities, but that's also not part of the conversation because that they're not this, these schools aren't liable. And I know I just said we talked about it a second ago, and I don't want to go back to that. But that's also that it's just. It's it's a continued this the plan and like you said that we've had five months to figure this out and now guess what Brady you and I I guess should have moved to California right I mean they're not doing too much hotter than Oklahoma but no but that was yeah never never mind on that I guess but my point is is that if you would have now we have four months to plan a spring season we could have had six seven months to plan it I know that's that, that, that was that was my entire deal was, mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit of kind of what they were trying to think for the fall season of it'll probably hopefully be better around the fall. So there's a little bit of that back in March when I'm saying push it to spring. There's a lot more time for science to catch up to this, to society to catch up to it, to leadership to catch up to it. Um, a multitude of factors could play into it. Herd immunity is a buzzword that I don't really buy into, but... For all I know, maybe in a year <laughs> at that point, which would have been the following spring, maybe in a year things would have looked different. And that was kind of the basis of the whole idea. Just buy us some time because that's what we need. Having said that, they still had five months that they hardcore wanted to do this shit in the fall. They had ample amount of time. They've also had a plethora of examples of what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, pl- I'm sorry, Keegan, I kind of blame baseball a little bit because. They're doing the bare minimum of what you should do during a pandemic if you want to keep your sport going. And, again, I understand the, f- the point that you brought up. They are 
professional athletes, they're signing off on this, and some players have opted out. College players probably don't feel like that they have the same options to do so. So there is that factor. But Major League Baseball is just parading around playing a, their season with whole teams testing positive and having to cancel, postpone, forfeit games. The Cardinals have played five games. The Cardinals have played five games. Like, There's no way that this season is going to be recognized by any true or casual baseball fan if it's able to finish. Like, oh, yeah, the the Mets, I, I don't know. The Mar- Aren't the Marlins like 8-1? Yeah, the Marlins are good now. Yeah, the Marlins are like eight and one. If the Marlins win, no one's gonna, no baseball fans gonna be like, oh yeah, the twenty twenty Marlins, man, what a great team. F- that, <laughs> like, so baseball is giving other leagues this impression that oh, it can work, right? We don't need to be in Orlando and literally build a quarantine campus like the NBA is doing because mm-hmm. college football can't do that. But could it? I want to get into that much later because there's still stuff that we need to unpack with this entire deal. But the fact remains that college football leadership has failed. Now, does that mean that I think OU's leadership has failed in regards to OU? Well, no, they've done all that they can. I'm sure every other school across the country has done all that they can in regards to their own school. But the fact of the matter is, if you want to play college football, if you want to play the sport, you have to do your job. And everybody else around you that you have to play has to do their f***ing job. Which means that the leadership has to do their job, and they didn't. They just assumed, oh, it'll go away when it gets hot, and then we'll all like join hands and sing songs and shit, and nothing bad's going to happen. Nothing to see here. So, um, Mark Emmert, Power 5 Commissioners, fuck all of you. you took, like, you're, you're helping take away the sport that we all love, and uh, fuck all you. It, I mean, this, this is really... Uh, brought to light, I think, to everybody that the system is truly broken. And maybe that if there is anything that good can come from this is that the system does get changed. Good. Um, I, I do want to say that, you know, there was a story, Bob Bowlesby, commissioner of the Big 12, talked to some reporters tonight, uh, mentioned that he's been on dozens of calls every day, you know, with medical experts and uh, the people that they go to for COVID-19 and all the discussion with that. And they said that there's no need to, you know, pull the plug right now. So the Big 12 is pushing through, it sounds like, this I week. Don't, Keegan, I don't get that. Because tr- all you really need to do is be on a phone call with medical experts that know what they're doing for, for like, maybe a day. And all that's, all, you, that's the, all the time you need to understand that if you want to play in the fall, you have to build a bubble. But they can't do that because there's so many players – on a football team and there's so many schools involved. Well, then that means we need to break this system and go to a, a fucking NFL minor league. And I'm sorry, Iowa state, Texas tech, Kansas state. Heck, I think those teams could be involved. I personally, I, I think if we had a system that was limited, to, you know, you have the top 65, 70 teams in division one based off winning percentage over four years, you could, probably have a system that's regionalized and you could make this work but we had five months to talk about that yeah and again like that's why like i go back to how many phone calls with medical experts like what information are they learning day after day that isn't you can't do this in the fall unless you do some wacky bubble scenario or you're just going to push it to the spring and hope that this vaccine at the end of the year works or some miracle happens or some, or we've better adapted. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I do want to point out. This is the first time, and I, I was going to tweet this out tomorrow morning. This is the first coach I have seen 
retweet from Oklahoma one of the We Want to Play, Bill Beatenbow, while we're recording this on a Sunday night at 10.05, mm-hmm. just retweeted Creed Humphrey's Anytime, Anywhere, Anyplace, which quote tweeted Spencer, I believe, Spencer Rattler's We Want to Play um, tweet. That is interesting. Yeah, look, the players want to play. Like, I have no doubt that they do. They're football players. And I don't know about you, Keegan, but I'm glad the NBA's back, like, as a fan and as somebody who covers the NBA. But I'll be honest, just because basketball back is back does not mean I'm getting paid the same amount of money I was getting paid before the fucking pandemic started. Mm-hmm. So it's it's entertaining me. It's giving me a sense of I feel a little bit more important than I did a few weeks ago. <laughs> Me, but, me, 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 I, I, I. But the problems, you know, kind of persist, even though the sport is back. Like, the players want to play because they want to have something to do to feel important. Otherwise, they're just going to school online or in person and doing nothing else because life has to keep going. Mm-hmm. And what people are kind of, like, wishing for is, yeah, like, I know there's a pandemic and I know, like, it's best to stay home. It's best to like avoid crowd, social distance, wear masks, and all that. And all that, but life goes on, and I have bills to pay. Like they're like again, this is shining a light on the problems of a lot of different things that we don't need to get into. But I have to go to work. You have to go to work. To football players, even the players that understand, yeah, I'm probably not going to be an NFL draft pick by any means. But it's their job. It gives them a sense of importance when they are a football player at OU or any other school. So they want to play. Their leadership has failed them mm-hmm. because e- we may not even have a spring season because what gives us any hope that they will just kind of come out on Monday or Tuesday and say, okay, look, we have a plan now. There's going to be no football in the fall, but we're going to start prepping for spring, and in a month we'll give you guys a blueprint of what's going to go down. I can tell you why there there is a plan. Here's the plan. Vaccine comes out. Okay, whether it's fast-tracked and it's good and it's going to work and all that, you basically have the same option if you're a college football player. Either you can opt out, not play, or we're going to require you to have this to take this vaccine. And schools can do that. Yeah, Except and unless you're Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> <laughs> you take that vaccine, that liability is immediately off the university. It is now on to something else. It is on to the company that made it. It is on to um, the medical experts that gave it to you. Um, so that that is I that has to be the plan. And that's honestly Brady. And I know, and I'm not sitting here going to try to fear monger or do this or do that. But I mean, we haven't even entered the common flu season yet. Oh, I know. And you know, when people are going to be indoors more because it gets colder, especially around here. Like I. My heart kind of goes out to some of the restaurants and bars that I do go to because mm-hmm. I do go to bars and restaurants, but they have to have patios. Like I, I don't go inside anywhere. Um, and I do my best to, when I do go to places, are they super busy outside? If they are, I don't go there. Like I just try to go when it's easy going basically. Um, but my heart goes out to them cause they're hurting. They're mm-hmm. trying to make as much money as they can so they can survive. And they're going to be kind of forced to, yeah, come to the pump in the dead of December when it's freezing cold outside, mm. but you can't come inside and drink. You have to stay out on the patio, mm-hmm. so we'll bring a winter coat. 
and businesses are going to fail. Liability, it, though, right? I mean, you can't have people come inside. Yeah. Because then, you, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's. This is a mess. Well, because if they if they have an employee that tests positive because they have people coming inside, then they have to shut down for a week mm-hmm. and get everybody tested and then quarantine and then come back. So it's a failing business model. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are businesses entities that are kind of barely above water, if that, right now that are going to struggle once it gets cold. And then once it gets cold, then cold season, flu season, all that kind of comes into mm-hmm. play as well. Um, and it's just best to, I mean, hey, this is not me saying get off your lazy ass <laughs> and go jog, but um, seriously, do what you can. If you don't want to wear a mask, like this isn't that, po- we're not, th- we, we are not that podcast. I wear a mask. Keegan, I know you wear a mask. Um but if you don't want to do that, then think about doing something for your body. Like, take your vitamins, eat healthy. Zinc. Do good things for your body to basically try and cover all the bases that you can. You know, do what the NCAA and the Power Five just don't, which is try to cover <laughs> all your bases. Instead of just – but even, you know, Keegan, you say that that's a plan, you know, this vaccine. What if that's, it doesn't come out? That's still wishful thinking. <laughs> you know, it's the same wishful thinking that they thought – Back in March, when they had all the time in the world to get some plan going for the fall, all they did was just have wishful thinking that, oh, this will be fine by then. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <sighs> there's going to be so many consequences from this. It goes without saying there's going to be some schools that may have to just scrap football. Like, we're talking about group of five-tier schools, maybe in some mid-tier power There may schools. be some universities that go under because yeah. of this. Yeah. I mean, they make... they. <laughs> They make a zillion dollars. <laughs> they make a they make way more money than but the problem is, and I brought this up yesterday. Uh the problem is is it's you know, we talk about Oklahoma, we talk about Texas, and I do think it is funny that really the only players from schools that we're seeing talking about we want to play that I've seen is Oklahoma, Penn State, Ohio State, and Clemson. Those are the schools that are not gonna be impacted by a season getting pushed to the spring. Yeah, and that kind of goes into what I've been kind of hoping for for not just the last few months, but the last few years. And you know this because I've been harping on it every once in a while. I'm very, like, this is elitist OU fan coming out of me, and I will f- wholeheartedly admit that. I'm sick and tired of playing Texas Tech. I'm sick and tired of playing West Virginia. You know, I'm sick and tired of playing schools that don't bring it. And in fact... If we're just talking about OU in the Big 12, I'm tired of playing schools that hold OU back. Because they do. This is not me saying I want OU in the SEC. This is not that. I don't want OU in the SEC or the Big 10. I just want there to be... I, I just want us to look ourselves in the mirror and understand these players need to be paid. Not all of them, because not every school can afford that. But the schools that can, and there's about... We can maybe write down 20 or 30 names across the country... They need to all be in a league. They need to pay their players, and they just need to play each other. I'm tired of playing Houston on neutral sites, and this is their one chance to show everybody that they belong. And they happen to play Bob Stoops, and he doesn't give a shit to motivate his team. Um, I'm tired of that. Oh, they didn't hand the ball enough oh, that game. Hand the ball. And then, enough. and then, yeah, they they panicked after being down 11 points. Oh God. Um, I'm tired of that. A little retro. I mean, I think this would be a nice. Actually, break away from the uh, co- conversation we're having. Actually, they didn't really panic. Like they, 
they got down 11 points after the kick six, and then and then uh, what was his name? Jarvis Baxter fumbled, fumbled like in deep in OU territory, and then Houston scored again because Mike Stoops' defense. You know, yeah. If Houston, if, if looking back on that season, it is wild to think that if that kick six doesn't happen, Oklahoma's probably in the playoff. Uh, they got their they got smacked by Ohio State. Ohio State was freaking good though. Yeah, they were good, but. The following year, didn't know you keep Ohio State out of the playoff. Yeah, it was and flipped. It, that was a closer game. I mean, OU still dominated but in the I second half. But I think 2016 was when Washington or somebody made it and got Washington got in. Uh, Oklahoma's made Oklahoma. The brand's getting in over that. Was Washington undefeated? Or no. did they have one loss? I believe they have one loss. I'm looking it up right now. But, no, it's, it is funny to look back on that season and think, like, that – Oh, if it went the same way that it did other than the Houston loss. That defense was kind of good at the end of the year, too. But No, it wasn't. You remember the Tech game? Yeah, I did that, that, yes. I don't care that that was Patrick Mahomes because <laughs> he was not Patrick Mahomes at the time. He was just some insert Texas Tech quarterback here. Mm-hmm. Washington made it in. They were 12-1. Washington and, one. and Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson. And Alabama won like 28-0. to nothing or 28 to three <laughs> Washington I, I, I think Jake was I believe Browning was the quarterback yeah, at the time. <laughs> Browning and yeah the, it's just they, they were so average it's like look the thing about the Pac-12 unless it's unless it's Oregon or USC or Utah and they have a team that you just look at their point differential and it's just so it's so blatant that eh, they're pretty good. Unless it's literally those three schools, I don't take any of them seriously if they come out of that conference. Washington lost to USC that year at right. home. Yeah. I don't take Washington seriously because they're too soft. I don't take Stanford seriously because they're too one-dimensional. I don't take Washington State seriously just because of Mike Leach because we know what Mike Leach is. He's fun, but we know what he is. Um, the Pac-12 is much worse than the Big 12, but oh, using the Big 12, so I don't. Like, mm-hmm. this is where, you know, I guess we'll circle back to what we were talking about. I just, I want us to just do what was probably going to happen at some point at the end of this decade. Mm-hmm. But because of the pandemic, we're probably speeding up the process of getting to the point where there is some super league of the elite who are paying their players. And it's essentially an NFL minor league. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the way it needs to be. It, it, it would be no more this playoff community bullshit, just kind of like, I like the way this team plays football because it's kind of similar to how I used to coach back in my day. Mm-hmm. None more of that shit. You just prove it on the field. Mm-hmm. Will it take away if some of the things that we like about college football? Perhaps. But as you said, Keegan, the system is so broken. It's so broken. So it, with, it's broken. We have to fix it. And this is the best way to do it. And I'm sorry, OSU, Texas Tech. I'm sorry, all, all these mid-tier schools. You had your chance. Mm-hmm. You didn't value football back in the 40s or 50s like OU, you know, Oklahoma valued their football program. And that's why OU is where they are now. And that's why the mid-tiers are where they're at now. Does Clemson get involved in this? I think out of just recency, yeah. But this isn't the blue. If this was the blue blood, <laughs> you want to talk about blue bloods? No, I don't want to get into I mean, it. I don't want to get into that, that, that conversation. That would be boring. If it was literally just the blue blood league, there's, what, eight schools playing each other? That's boring. You can have a blue blood division. That's bait. Okay. That's bait. How about in the super elite conference, you have the blue blood division <laughs> and you have the uh, flash in the pan division. I've always equated the blue blood conversation to like the country club. And you know, you've heard me make this reference before. New money, old money. Where there's some new kids that come at the table. 
There's some older gentlemen that sit at the bar all day that they they they'll take some conversation every now and again. There's four schools that are still prominent blue bloods, and that's it. In Oklahoma or five schools, sorry, Oklahoma, USC, Ohio State, Alabama. I guess Notre Dame in that conversation, they've had some success as of late, but um, for, for the most part, I think there's probably outside of those four or five, I mean, Nebraska, Texas, Michigan, I don't, not in my, they haven't, Texas was good for, you know, 10, 10 years. And even before that, they weren't that good before. It's a winning percentage and brand and revenue that they bring in. And so, but Beyond that conversation, that's kind of we're butchering around the, the no, no, point. no, real quick, Keegan, because I, I just I need I feel like I have to remind you this. Miami's twenty year run from eighty two to two thousand two, um, and I guess if you just want to talk about their ten, like their first ten years of being really good, mm-hmm. is much better than what Clemson is on right now. So, do you consider Miami a blue blood? No. Why don't you? Because they were literally only uh, elite for twenty years and. Before they had a few good seasons, and after they've been not good, they've been they've had a ten win season here and there, but they've been overall not good. They're not a blue blood. Is Neither Nebraska is or Texas or Michigan? Nebraska and Texas, and Michigan are because of history, but they haven't been good even in my lifetime. Texas has, but if you were b- okay, you were born in ninety seven, ninety six. If you were born in nineteen eighty six, you would have had the same opinion about OU football, because they <laughs> in your lifetime they wouldn't have been fucking good at all. And yeah. then all of a sudden they're good. like that's the thing is Michigan and Texas, Nebraska, maybe not even Nebraska. They're kind of I'll talk about them in a second. But Michigan and Texas, they're just one coach higher away from getting it done because they have everything at their disposal. I don't. Nebraska, I, I disagree with that. But Nebraska has money, but they don't have the Texas recruiting. Pipeline they don't have anymore. recruiting anymore. They yeah. they made their bed, and they're. They chose money. Time will in show. Conference. Time will ruin their blue blood status because I don't think they're ever going to be Nebraska mm-hmm. again. But if Clemson loses, loses Dabo Sweeney, are they are they for oh, sure no. going to replace him with a dynamite head coach? They've got the resources now. They've got money, and sure, and they they're in a, an area that is a they are an hour and a half from Atlanta, which is the hotbed of hotbeds. The three stars in Atlanta are not like normal three stars oh, elsewhere. Yeah. And I, um, I, I will say for Clemson, like because Miami is like the easiest example to compare them to. Mm-hmm. Miami's leadership did not give one f- about football. In fact, they didn't like it. Like mm-hmm. you can just watch the thirty for thirty about how they thought it was a detriment to their program. Whereas Clemson's, I would imagine their culture and their leadership is more in inclined to ch- go out of their way to f- keep that machine going. Right. But History will have to, like time will have to show me otherwise. Uh, I, I want to do go back to just I don't know if we've covered the bases of the OU press release Saturday night. Uh, they have paused practices for a week uh, until Friday. Players are supposed to come back on Friday, although I don't foresee that in practice beginning again on Friday. But they also had what one positive test out of two hundred and five tests. Who was it? Which one of you was it? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hope, what that sounds like though is that they ran tests on the Wednesday. They usually get the reports back on Thursday. Then they release the data, which is why we didn't get the weekly testing data on Thursday. And then they ran uh, another test of the team on f- Thursday and got results Friday and then postponed. 
Saturday night. So, yeah. um, you know, with all that being said, uh, obviously that's not good um, in terms of kind of the direction of where we're heading with college football. Um, I think if Oklahoma is making that decision, that decision is going to be resounding across the board. But, um, you know, that happened Saturday night. I think Saturday morning obviously was the catalyst to all this, though, right? You talk about the MAC canceling or push, postponing the season to the spring. Uh, UConn canceled. UConn's irrelevant. Well, I know, but it's yeah, they're part of the, it's part of the conversation. Yeah, sorry, I can't stand UConn anymore. The the city or the the township or the university. I got to be that, careful how I answer a, that's that Oklahoma, question. It's Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma. UConn. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, was the catalyst to all that, and then obviously just the effect that it had Saturday morning. Um, you know more sources are talking the media members whoever those people may be i know i said it earlier just stop talking to the media it's not helping so saturday last and then obviously um you know things started to head in a wrong direction yesterday morning and then this morning sunday morning we found out from a report i believe sports illustrated released i don't know who the writer was off the top of my head but if i want to really get unhinged here why are we just now weighing the liability of long-term effects? Or do you believe they actually are just, they have waited this long? Well, it's because Bob Bowlesby is now taking a lot of phone calls from medical experts. That's why. He's just going, oh man, this, this COVID thing's kind of important, isn't it? Wouldn't you say? I think, and another thing too with that, is that like these medical experts aren't the ones signing that checks if someone gets sued. And I'm not saying that they're wrong or they're making the wrong decisions. Or oh, they're a part of the deep, they're a part of the deep state. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> we're, by the way, th- I need to remind everybody that we are the media and we are we're out to get you. Yeah. Yes. We will find absolutely. You. <laughs> yeah. So they obviously the you know Bob Bowlesby said that about the medical doctors and that, but I mean they ultimately the you know they they don't hold the cards to this deal. They're not the ones making that decision, which is crazy to actually when you think of that concept. But that happened, and um, kind of now here here we are right now, and I don't know, you know, where we stand. It sounds like the South. And the, the way I'm saying this is kind of coming off wrong, but it sounds like the South is kind trying to rise up against the oh god the, the, the grade here and no. <laughs> the Big Twelve, the SEC, and the ACC are kind of the only ones that are left. We haven't heard anything from the Pac-12 though t- t- tonight. But they probably said something, but you know what? No one gives a f- <laughs> 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 This ain't about you, Pac-12. Like, sorry. So, um, Big 12 said they're still planning on releasing a schedule this week. How do you feel about that? I don't care, man. I Look, like I told you, even if we had a start to the season, because it wasn't until like the last few days, I now, don't, I now do not believe that they're going to be able to even start the fall. Mainly because, like, as it pertains to OU, like, Missouri, Missouri State, if they literally just played this game to get their paycheck, which makes sense, mm-hmm. and then didn't play again until the spring, if I'm a player on that team, I'm like, fuck that. I am not here to get a paycheck for you so I can get my ass kicked. That is such a wild concept. It, that is. That is so That is so insulting. It borders on the, there are so many socioeconomic, even racial, like subtext to that concept. 
And I, I, I'm sorry, but if I'm a Missouri gonna State player, one non that. You're going to play one non-conference game and, wait, then, and then wait five months before playing your next football game just so you can get a 600, 650000 And poor Missouri check. State because that is like the perfect storm. If only Bob Stoops were coaching, they might actually have a chance to beat OU. <laughs> <laughs> All it takes is one game. I think Tanner Schaefer can go out and probably throw for like, 300 yeah, yards yeah. on Missouri State. But, I mean, going back, like, I it wasn't until the last few days I, I didn't think they were going to – I thought they were going to be able to at least start the season. Now I don't think so. But even if they did, I'm sorry. Like, I'm the type of OU fan – 2016 is a perfect example. Did I keep watching that season? Of course I did. What the hell else am I going to do on a Saturday? They were so much fun. They were a fun team. You know, I'm an OU fan. But when they lost to Houston, we all knew that Ohio State was going to come to town and plant one on OU, and they did. So when they lost to Houston, I was like, well, this team's not winning a national title, so um, bye-bye fun. And it didn't really become fun until the very end of the year at basically after the tech game, because I know some of y'all thought the Texas tech game was fun that year. I did not like it. I didn't like the 2012 West Virginia game. I didn't like the 2016 Texas tech game. A lot of people, a lot of people think that way. Yeah. Those performances. I thought Mike Stoops should have been fired that night. He should have been fired of course before, but at least, at least have the decency and the professionalism to go, you know what? I just don't have it. I'm out. Mm -hmm. But he didn't, of course he had to be forced out after a few more performances like that. But um, so on the prospect of them starting this season and then my belief that, well, you're not going to be able to finish it as a fan that does nothing for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting excited for one, maybe two games of, I don't know what this team is with no results, with no expectation, with nothing to work towards. Even if they said, okay, we're going to get two games in and then start over back in the spring. Like that's not fair at all. It's not going to be the same team. The opponents aren't going to be the same. They're going to be they're going to be more injured. They're going to be less injured. They're going to some players are going to be gone because they want to go to the NFL draft. So this entire idea, unless they just said we're going to the spring, players feel free to opt out. In the meantime, we're going to try and work with the NFL to do something for the draft so you don't have to feel like you have to opt out just now. Mm-hmm. So like as a fan, like this entire idea that a floating season, like it does nothing for me because I don't think even if there was no pandemic, I didn't think OU, I don't think I would have picked OU to win a national title breaking in so many a new quarterback, so many question marks. But there's always that little bit of like super belief deep down in my heart. It's usually extinguished fairly early on when I see all the flaws. But if they could have, if I'll say this about this 2020 team, if they could have, and you're going to say, well, Texas is Texas. If they could have gotten past that Texas game, Texas is going to be good. If they could have gotten past that Texas game undefeated, you get Ronnie Perkins back, you get Trajan Bridges back. Oklahoma's in about as solid as they've been since 2010. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I might have expected them to at least win the Big 12. Well, I think they could have won a playoff game. Mm, that too, too. The, the only question for me that would have been the difference for me would have been tackle play. If tackle they play, if they linebacker could, depth. If they could have that too. But I think linebacker in the realm of the defense and what's important in that the inside that position – Okay, if you got a dude like Kenneth Murray that can fly downhill, that's six foot three, two hundred and forty pounds, and can run a four. What did he run at the combine? A four six. He didn't run. Remember, or 
He ran once. Oh, yeah. He pulled his hamstring on the 40, right? Yeah, on yeah. the second attempt. Him yeah. and uh, Patrick Queen did, which was funny. Well, yeah, funny, but the thing about but... Kenneth Murray is we all knew that he was gifted athletically. We just knew that he needed coaching. Do we know that there is a guy like 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 athletically gifted to the point of Kenneth Murray that just mm-hmm. needs an opportunity in the coaching? God, he looks so. Have you just seen sh- the pictures of him from the Chargers? Yeah, he looks oh awesome. Oh my! He, I mean, he always looked, he always looked like a Greek god, man. Did you see? Uh, did you see the? I know it's off topic in this conversation. You see the pictures of Rodney Anderson tonight? Oh yeah. Oh, I wish I had arms like that. I I, <laughs> I, I think I made a comment whenever um, podcast on the prairie was still going. I think I made a comment that like. There was times during some, like, he gets, you know, you get out of practice, you get done working out, and you're like, your arms are bigger than what they were before. And he would, there were some times I would just, like, look down just for one second and just be like, good Lord, he is a massive human being for only being six foot, six foot one. But um, that's beside the point. I think this team, and this is a a great segue into something I wanted to talk to. We, We both know this at heart. It's a good thing this if for Oklahoma this thing gets pushed to the spring. They don't have they only have one player that's a potential NFL first rounder. It sounds like he's bought in in Creed Humphrey. That's optimistic, but keep going. That you get Jaden Hazelwood back from injury, hundred <laughs> percent. What have I been saying <laughs> in the group chats for the last few months? He'll be ready game one. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get Jaden Hazelwood back, which you get a you line up with Austin Stogner, Jaden Hazelwood, and Theo Weiss at receiver out wide with Spencer Rattler and experienced offensive line, whether they're, whether they actually take the step up that they, it looks like they're going to make regardless. Jaden Hazelwood, just if you insert him into the lineup that I think changes everything in my, you, you get Hazelwood Rambo, we Stogner out wide. You can go 10 personnel. And if you can run the football inside the tackles, I know that was a problem last year. Um, at times without an H back on the field, you can do that. They're going to be very tough because then you throw in the mix with Jeremiah Hall, Braden Willis, and Michael Henderson, and Lord, I mean that's probably as good as put together offense as Oklahoma's had under Lincoln Riley. Um, really quick because this this popped up when you might have seen this. Um, this popped up when we started recording. This is what's his name, Pete. Is it Pete Thamel? Pete, Pete Thamel. Pete yeah. Thamel. Um, source, Big Ten presidents remain on the cusp of canceling the season, but the league isn't ready to announce. The decision is close but not final. Big Ten programs have been instructed by Commissioner Kevin Warren to essentially go light in practice tomorrow. Sentiment at presidential level remains at a strong majority to shut down. The question still lingering is what leagues could end up joining them when they do go public. Well, I mean, if the Big Ten goes first, then it's just going to go like it did a few months, like a month ago, when the Big Ten said we're not going non-conference. The Pac-12 will follow suit, and then everybody else will domino effect. So, I mean, going back to like they're probably going to cancel and then go into a spring season. I, I mean, yeah, OU. I think the Big Ten has gotten some pushback. That's my read on that because like, it seems like they were gung ho on making that decision tomorrow. Like pushback in terms of like the other power fives going no no you no you won't. no you no yeah no you're not pulling the plug, not yet. Yeah, but we're gonna pull it on Friday, <laughs> or the Friday after. No, that. here's here's how this is gonna go. They're going to cancel at some point this week, and then two days two business days later, OU is going to announce 
Ronnie Perkins and Trajan Bridges's uh, Ramondre Stevenson's suspension <laughs> have been dropped to two games. Whenever the season decides to start, they're only gone for two. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Which would be funny if they just did a conference schedule and that second game is Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, it's, here's, here's the thing. <laughs> There's also, you know, this is part of the conversation we have to weigh a little bit too, is what does happen with the, t- the fall season in 2021. Because there is, and I know I've talked about this, and I do think it's, it is more easy than what people think. Because in my, you go what spring football lasts from around spring break to the end of April, right? So you're already practicing full-fledged. You're not just practicing. These players are working out full-fledged workouts and practicing. So I think they're going, in my opinion, through the same physical grind I, I didn't go through it at a college level i'd probably need to talk to someone that has in order to get a better perspective yeah have, have your hand in the dirt yeah <laughs> that's bait but uh you know I, I i don't think if you can do a 10 game season you can start on february 20th hey missouri state you want to play a non-conference game you want to get your check hell we'll give you 700 grand <laughs> You can come. You can play a ten-game regular season. You can start on February twentieth. You can get a conference championship game in with a bye week, and you get another bye week before a playoff, and you could be done ninety. I think it's. I did the math the other day. A hundred and sixteen. There's ten FBS conferences, so twenty teams. There's a hundred and thirty. So a hundred and ten of the of of the teams in the NCAA FBS would be finished by April 16th. A hundred, 124 of those, or 122 of those, would be done, or 120, which, whichever, 122, whichever the, whenever the playoff is. 122, there'd be an 18 playoff in what I'm talking about, would be done by May 1st. Yeah. And then the season's done. There's a national championship crowned. It's all finished by Memorial Day. You get the whole month of June off. You train in July. You have camp in August, and you play football, probably push it back a couple weeks in September. Yeah, the unfortunate thing, and I thought about this, you know, back in March when I was saying this to you, like just move it to the spring. Um, One of the unfortunate consequences of that is if it just simply happened, you know, spring season, um, you have to rethink a few injuries. Because there are some injuries that when they occur in a regular year, you think, okay, he'll be ready, you know, the start of next next year. If somebody tears their ACL in the third game of a spring season, you're not getting them back for the following season if they're still an underclassman. So, you know, I don't want to even put this out there, but just to get the point across, if Spencer Rattler, like, tore his ACL in a spring season in his, you know, his sophomore year, he's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's just he's just packing it up. And if he gets, if he's able to get drafted, he will just go. So that's though that's one of the many consequences of having a spring season. Like having a spring season is not foolproof. It's not the perfect plan. But I think a few months ago it was the only plan that was absolutely feasible, because fall was a pipe dream, and we got closer and closer to it. And apparently fans and media were the only ones that kind of had an understanding of yeah, it's. Kind of a pipe dream to think that we can do this sport in the fall without some weird, wacky restructuring of the entire system taking place on a whim. And we all knew that that wasn't going to happen because that would mean money would have to be exchanged 
and resources wouldn't be e- as easily hoarded as they are now with the current structure. Mm-hmm. That's a problem that society is going to have for the longest time. Um, by the way, I just saw the Clippers scored 120 plus points. Is that good or bad for you? <laughs> <laughs> bad in the second half, but no, it, yeah, it's, I mean, they lost to the Nets too. I mean, the Nets are on a run. I mean, they've got nothing to play for, so props to them for figuring it out in the oh, bubble. Well. But, uh, no, they, you know, this is one of those things that just the whole system, and I just kind of want to go back to that. It's just everything's flawed. We have a flawed system we're working under in the NCAA. And it's being proven more and more that it's flawed every day. And it's frustrating. And it continues to be frustrating. No, and I've... And that's that's the basis of, I think, of you know what you just said. It just... They have a problem with everything across the board. And they're raking in billions of dollars. Now, the yep. NCAA is raking in billions of dollars. That, yep. that There's statistical proof of that. So, yeah, it's, you know, you get a guy, you know, in the spring gets hurt. Uh, Long term, you lose him for two years. Um, in my personal belief, I, I think that if that's the only way you get football from an economical standpoint for these universities, unfortunately, that's where we're at, that these are business decisions that they're making that's the business decision that they're going to have to make. And it's unfortunate that the players are being kind of exploited under that a little bit, but that's the system they've signed up for. And honestly, if I was Dwayne Johnson, the new owner of the XFL, I'd be rallying right now to start a season in about October and saying, Hey, you can come sign a contract. We can test to you twice a week. We can play football. You can showcase your talents before getting drafted in the NFL next April. I think someone else came up, threw out that idea on Twitter the other day, and that is a that would be a brilliant business move by the XFL if that happened. But to the to back to the kind of the conversation, this is a business. They're making business decisions, and it's unfortunate that, like you brought up the example of Spencer Rattler, you know, tears his ACL. He goes off for four, four, four or five games, and he backs up what everybody thinks he is. He's gone. Yeah, he, you you basically lost out on that window with Spencer Rattler as he'd the quarterback. Be, he'd be gone regardless of what he did because Caleb Williams will be here. I mean, it it would just be a tough out to bounce back from an injury and try and to essentially miss two seasons because you're accelerating it by trying to get back on the schedule in fall twenty one. Um, it's going to be a tough – and that, that's an even another can of worms is if you move the season to spring, do early enrollees become eligible to play? They'd have to all agree not to. Well – See, that that would be weird because, like, they wouldn't be eligible you'd to You'd have play. to increase – you couldn't take in early enrollees because everybody would still be on scholarship. Yeah. That's, that's another problem. <laughs> I haven't even thought of that because, like – and the reason why there's early enrollees, like say, like a guy like Baker Mayfield or Nick Basquin, they graduate. They're they graduated. They can be off scholarship at the end of the fall semester, right? Yeah. So that's two guys that could come in and replace those scholarships for the spring eligibility of that year. That's why these guys can early enroll. <laughs> you don't have anybody opt out. You can't bring in early enrollees, which is a major part of college football. 
LSU had an early enrollee running scout team before the Peach Bowl last year. Yeah. I mean, college football is getting younger. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it start, it's about 10 years it's going to start mirroring college basketball or just basketball where you can tell, all right, this 17, 18-year-old is going to be a, an NFL player. And a lot of that, I think, goes to just the way the game is evolving, like skill position-wise, testing-wise, nutrition-wise, and then, of course, officiating-wise. Because if you're a skill position person, a guy, especially a quarterback, the likelihood that you can have a long, healthy career is pretty high because you're just protected much more than 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. When Adrian Peterson walked onto campus, the reason why he, he sticks out in everybody's mind whenever they go rank like the top freshman of all time is because he was such an outlier and that he was physically ready day one to go to the NFL. But they're not all like that. But because of the way everything is evolving, guys that are early enrollees, like receivers especially, you could probably see them like, yeah, are they physically as mature as they're going to be when they're 23, 24? Well, no. But football is getting younger. So early enrollees are kind of important. It would just be weird and awkward if – I know Caleb Williams isn't an, he can't be an early enrollee. I, his high school doesn't graduate or offer that, but let's just say that he was Caleb Williams early enrolls and is at OU Spencer Rattler gets hurt and spent and Caleb Williams is technically on the team, but he's not eligible to play because he's not eligible for the 2020 season. And this would be spring 20, even though it's being played in spring 21. Mm-hmm. It would be so fucking weird. Yeah, and and part of that too, the eligibility for um, is based on school year. Yeah. So, I mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh, how are they going to be eligible? You know, are they going to be sophomores, juniors next year? The eligibility runs up in June or whenever the technical eligibility clock for the NCAA is. Yeah. You ready for this? I just thought thought about this, and this is something that we've had a conversation about before. I don't know if we've had it on the podcast, but what the hell are we going to do at signing day? That's another thing that's we broken. <laughs> we just pushed up a signing day a couple years ago to where people can sign in December. We're not going to have – if we don't have football, we can't have official visits. I feel so bad for these players, man. Like this whole "we want to play" thing, like because they're they're forced. Like this guy, I don't know who this guy is. Is he plays for Maryland? Anthony Percorel. Anthony not, Cohen. P e p e c o r e l l a. Picarella. Picarella. Whatever. Canceling the college football season will not slow or stop the spread of COVID. I mean, that's that's true. It's l- relatively low on the radar. It's just not the conversation. But, that, but that's not the conversation. But yeah. like these at the, these players feel like that they have to get that message across because they want to play, because they want to have something to do. They want to. It's fun to them, and yes, a lot to a lot of them, it's also a vehicle to a, a lifestyle and a career. But it's at the end of the day, this is fun to them, and I want to do things that are fun. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of fun things to do anymore. There was a concert at the Criterion last night. Guess who didn't go? Me. Shame on everybody that went. I look forward to the spiking cases in the next week. Was that really a concert? Yeah, there was like cr- some country concert bullshit. Side? Yeah, and they had precautions. Like, I think they had to wear masks. I think they, they weren't at full capacity. But it's... Have you ever been to the Criterion? It's packed. It's tight. It, it's, it's small. Mm-hmm. I went there for Vampire w- Vampire Weekend. I'm not a Vampire Weekend fan by any means. I went there with my ex-girlfriend, and 
the power went out midway through the show for about an hour and it was unbearable in there. So I can only, even at half capacity, like, yeah, I look forward to the case, case spiking. I don't look forward to the hospitalization spiking and the uh, deaths because that's awful. And I want to avoid that at all costs, but this is why I'm not going it. Like if Metallica played at the criterion, I would not go. I would cry. <laughs> you wouldn't? No, I, I might be on the, I might drive by just like, <laughs> they're there. They're just right down. Oh God. But they wouldn't do that because they, they love their, fa- they love their fans. I just want to say, I'm not shaming you if you went to that concert. That's your choice. But I, I want to say this. We're at a point now to where, uh, and this is real. This is a real conversation. Everybody that you follow and love that covers college football, if you love following them, engaging with them, that aren't on a subscription-based website, we're all looking for jobs if you're hiring. I will do many. I don't know if the, I don't know if they're listening that far into this podcast. So no, not you want at me to put point. that at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Manual labor, hit me up. I've got a bum shoulder, I can do it. No, but it's this is the tidal wave of impact from this in the month of September is going to be bad. And people need to be prepared. A lot of people are going to get laid off in my in our industry. A lot of people. And that's a real conversation. I know um, that, you know, people think that, you know, we are kind of the problem of this and we may be a cause of all this. Uh, that I don't that's I don't think that can be further from the truth. I, I don't think people are making m- hundreds of million and billions of dollars of decisions based off what a media member is saying. And I know that that's a con that's a conversation and that's a for a different day. But it's, um, you know, I'm. I don't I I, I and like I said at the beginning of this podcast man it's it's been depressing like I don't know what to write about like I'm I'm going to be completely honest I have had a hard time the last 2 days and let's go back even the last month I don't even know what to write about because I do I preview the season do I act like there's going to be a season going on whenever I know no let's stay back to July 2nd July 2nd um credit big B if cuz I know he'll listen to this yeah I was able to get information July 2nd at the University of Oklahoma. There was conversation that they were not looking, the outlook on a fall season was not good. This was a month ago. And I know I think I've had talked about this on this podcast before, but it's one of those things that like we just, I don't know what to think, do you operate after hearing that as a journalist? Because do you want to continue to hear about COVID? I can tell you based off my numbers on my website. That's not true. That people don't want to continue to hear about that. Do they want to continue to hear about the social injustice stuff? No, they didn't. But do, do they want to preview? They want to read stuff that previewed a season. They absolutely did. But the side effect of that is, as a in my head, was that how can we? Do it? What it didn't feel right to sit here and talk about football and previewing a season and doing those things whenever there is this potential and we're delaying the inevitable that we're pushing this thing to the spring. So that's my soapbox of reality. Well, and I just wanted to get it out there because it, it it's, it's been a long ass month. Well, look, I, I'm not, 
on a higher level or realm of existence than you are because I cover a sport that was at one time not playing. And at one time there was a conversation of it's not going to be able to restart. And then it came back and it's since succeeded like very, very well. Um, so I can just tell you just off of my experience, like, yeah, at the very beginning of this, I was kind of worried about the same thing. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to like write or ask the questions of should the season, is it going to come? Is it not going to come? What should it do? There's always going to be things to write about. There are always things to write about. I mean, um, what was, what was his name? Thomas Paine, the original T Paine from, <laughs> from, uh, the, his work, the crisis. These are the times that try men's souls. And this is exactly what this is. Um, cream is rising to the top. So Keegan, if you want to be in this business, <laughs> you will, and I think you do, you will find out what to do mm-hmm. in this business. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not, Oh, you related in the short term. Maybe it's something else. But oh yeah. Th- there are other things to do. There are other things to write about, to think about. NFL's plan. NFL is going to be playing, so maybe you... Like, Go B, Big B. I'm telling you, like, with the franchise, I was fully prepared to get really involved in understanding and watching baseball because I thought at one point, hey, they're, the NBA is not going to be able to come back, probably, unless they do something silly, but baseball is going to be able to do it because they were talking about doing it in Arizona, and baseball is just a social distancing sport just because. So I was like... Yeah, like they're going to be the only fucking sport on TV. So if I want to have a job, if I want to still feel important, then I'll go do this. It's not what I want to do, but I'll do it because there's no other choice. So you'll there will be something. And mm-hmm. OU, with Lincoln Riley, how he handles the media, how he handles social media, if they canceled the season, he's not going to go dark forever. <laughs> So there's always going to be something. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I have no doubt. So you will be fine. Yeah, it's been a... It's just going to be a matter of can you survive on it? Like, I am fortunate. I have parents that have helped me since I've had a pay reduction. <laughs> not everybody... Oh, yeah. Not everybody has that. Oh, I'll go find I'll go find something. No, it's just, just the real conversation that, you know, this industry is about to get hammered. Well, look at it this way, and... I mean this, I don't mean this in a cutthroat, selfish way, but you kind of have to look at it through this lens. When this is behind us, this is a business that's really hard. Like you hear it all the time when you're starting off. It's a business that's really hard to break into. We have technically broken into it. Mm-hmm. You know, We're not where we want to be. And there's even times where I'm sure you probably feel this way because I feel this way. There are times where I'm like, I should be much higher than what I am now based on the work that I've done based on how long I've done it, et cetera, et cetera, but I'm not. But when this is all behind us, things are going to change. The structure is going to change a little bit, and we are young. The people that are set (laughs) going into this are not young Mm -hmm. and therefore may or may not be willing to adjust on the fly. Absolutely. And maybe maybe these people decide, you know what, early reti- early retirement, which means more opportunities, which means just keep going. And that's the whole point of this is to keep going. And that goes to you, the listener, whatever you're doing. Seriously, because, look, the, I listen to podcasts, too, to escape. Like, I don't just listen to Thunder stuff to for work. I don't just listen to you stuff because I'm a fan. I do it because I want to escape, too. So um, 
just keep going. Even if you're sitting at home and you don't have a job, just do something. Mm -hmm. Read, write, watch YouTube videos, watch YouTube tutorials on how to like learn an instrument. Do something because <laughs> it could very well come in handy when this is all over. Absolutely, no. It, but uh, I don't know. I think I don't know how long we're going, but oh, it's, okay. it's uh, you know, it's. Again, I just want to reiterate the conversation and, um, you know, props to all these players for, you know, the emotional side of this about wanting to play this and that. But what sucks is that, that none of that matters. The, what matters is, is, is can these universities guarantee that they're not going to get their asses sued? And the problem is, is they can't guarantee that. They, they need to make sure their liability the is off on something else. And uh, – I guess with that being said, and, and maybe my final thing for this podcast is whenever we record next week, I have no idea what it's going to look like. And we'll be talking about, you know, they've officially canceled the fall season. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where do we go from here? Well, here's my last question. Is Mario Williams, is he expected to be an early enrollee? Do you know that off the top yeah, of your head? Yeah, he is. You know what? He might not want a spring football season because he'll have to make a decision. What sport do you want to play? <laughs> and he's an MLB draft guy. Exactly. Like, yikes. They'll use 2021 recruiting class, which a few months ago appeared to be amazing and has since dwindled, da dwindled down to, oh, better than most. <laughs> Could now p potentially be, oh, Lincoln, you have swung and missed on that one. At least you got quarterback, I guess. <laughs> I would assume Mario Williams, if we've seen anything football with Kyler Murray. Yeah. Yeah. They do you want to go play in, the, in Major League Baseball right now? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you'd love the money. I would. But oh, I do. I, any, I, I'd do anything to strap. No, I'd, I'd sign the contract and then can opt out like peace. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? These NFL players are getting like 30K still stipend. Yeah. For opting if, you know, to be able to live on. So, but yeah, it's, uh, man, I hate that I come on this. We, we start this up with just me and you and we get what, two, three weeks of talking football. That's it. Yeah. Um, no, look, I mean, there's, there's still stuff to be hopeful for, I guess. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be taken care of. Does that mean that we are all going to see the light of day? I mean, I don't know. Um, but mankind has seen worse pandemics, and we're still here. Yep. And society is still here. Yeah, so. it's – yeah, and I don't want to – I think you and I are both along the lines of, you know, this is a serious deal. It, it, we need to take it serious. You and I are probably fine. Uh, so, but at the end of the day, though, I'm not the one making million, hundreds of millions and billions of dollars decisions. And that's what sucks is what's, and what sucks as well is like we said at the beginning of this, they had five months yeah. and they fucked it up. And that may be the second or third F-bomb I've ever dropped on this podcast. No, they completely it up when you and it's it is sad it's sad for it, it's i'm not even i'm obviously taking a, an offense to it but it is more sad for these kids these high school kids that are planning on being recruited to go to these schools for these kids that are trying to to enjoy their last few maybe last few years of playing sports in their life yeah and then the kids that are trying to get a paycheck and help their families out yeah life is not all about luxuries but it's still 
it's still sad when luxuries get taken away and it could have been avoided to, or mitigated to some extent. So even when I sit here and say, like, I kind of feel bad for college students who are going to school and is school just a gigantic party? Is that what it's all about? No, it's still kind of an important thing that you learn. You learn some social cues. You learn some lessons by going out with friends. They're not going to be able to experience that. So I, I f- that makes me feel bad that some kids are going to have a pretty weird college experience. But, um, yeah. I wish we could end on a lighter note. I know. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I'm fairly certain that we will see Spencer Rattler play his sophomore season at quarterback. I just don't think it'll be in the fall. And the same thing whenever you walk into class day one and the professor hands you the syllabus and says, all you're doing in this class is listening to lectures and writing one paper due at the end of the semester. You can start writing it whenever you want. And the semester comes and goes and you haven't started on it. That's your fucking fault. And that's exactly what leadership in college football has done. They've put off their paper and are just now going, Shit, what do we do now? So this is their fault. So blame them. This is not the media's fault. This is not, this is not even Trump's fault. You know, this is one thing that he, that he is not responsible for. So thank you, Mark Emmert, Power Five Commissioners. Thank you so very much. Uh, Keegan, thank you for joining. Absolutely. Hopefully, uh, oh, we'll be back. Hopefully next week. Even if there's no football during the fall, we, we will... We have something. We have an announcement. We have an official release. We have a plan. We have something. The AD from West Virginia, that's the head of the Football Oversight Committee, talked tonight and said that they don't even know what's going to happen if they cancel this season. We're, this, it's ridiculous. It's, well, it, and I don't want to keep going off on a tangent here, um, but it's, uh, we need something. We need an official plan. We need, we, they got four or five days to figure this out. Well, just enjoy the basketball. The basketball is fun, at least. Uh, it's on every. I love it. It's on. Starts at one o'clock every day. Ends at about ten eleven. It's beautiful. I don't. I don't think I've missed a game that's been on TV yet. I know it's so much fun. But so everybody, thank you so much for listening to Inside OU. Hopefully, this one was a little cathartic for you because again, we're on your side. We're just as angry as you are. Um, but for Keegan Renault of SoonersWire.com, USA Today, this is Brady Trantham. Y'all have a good one.